Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 329. Tony lets me do the intro this time. <laughs> you didn't ask before. <laughs> no, that's okay. I actually prefer when you do them because, you know, words and stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Tony reviewed a shit ton of books today. And how many did you review? Zero. Oh. Go Lens. And yeah. I wasn't the one who was camping this weekend, yeah. which is weird. Um, anyway ton of books we also had a little bit of news mostly coming from tony i honestly don't know what i added to this podcast not much except for making fun of everything that i talked about even my childhood <laughs> funness that's what i'm good for yes I'm, I'm the fodder i guess i don't, I don't know jerk yeah <laughs> so sit back relax listen to what tony has to say this week and me making fun of him grab a beer and check out drunk on comics podcast episode 329 Dick Hero. Doesn't Johnny Cash have a song, It Hurts? Yeah, I think that's a remake of a Nine Inch Nails song, but yes, (laughs) it's called Hurt. That is, I am the living embodiment of it. You look like it. You look like a a lobster. Yeah, you're very red. I just, like, it's like you've never heard of Sunblock every summer. You forget about the existence of it. See, I've worked at pools for my young adult life. Yeah, you're not that anymore. That is true, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would just kind of burn and then get it over with, but I haven't really been outside, right. and it's halfway through summer now, and... You're very red. Yeah, it it, it touches, hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to announce that you should be happy this is a podcast, everyone listening, because I get to see Tony in a wife beater, very red, with his chest hair popping out everywhere and his little chain giving me straight up Carl from Aquatine Hunger Force vibes. That's how I rock it. That is how I rock it in my my misery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Tony. I had fun camping. I read a lot of comics. On the campaign trip? Yeah, yeah sitting by the yeah. fire at it's night. It's fucking hot out, dude. We went camping and it's like 90 degrees out. You can tell yeah. by the way I look. I yes. mean, you could get sunburned in the winter. but How many people do you know that get sunburned? Skiers do. <laughs> On their faces. I can, yes. <laughs> but going yeah. down a river. Right. Tubing, that's always fun. Uh, yeah, so uh, I read a bunch of comics. Uh, did you read a lot of comics no, this week? No, I didn't. What? I didn't. I read one comic, and it was actually one that not even came out this week. Did you even go to your comic book store? Nope. But I looked, and there was only one on my pull list, and it was uh, one I'm super far behind on, so I was like, I'll get that next week. And yeah, that's that's how my pull list has been going lately. All of my series are done. They're done. You start picking up new ones. I do, from time to time. But there was nothing this week that was like. Why? Why aren't you reading Cosmic Ghost Rider? I don't care about either oh, one of those characters. <laughs> that is, 
That is one character. Well, technically it's the Punisher slash Ghost Rider, right? I don't care. Slash also Herald of Galactus, but yeah, three in one. That's three books in one that you Oh my get. goodness, what a deal. It is honestly so amazing. I actually read this with my nephew, and he kept on asking me questions. Why Why is his head on fire? What, what happened to his skull? Because then when he turned off the power and then he's just... Frank. Is he wearing a helmet? Oh, that's his space... Uh, yeah, that's he's his... wearing a space hel- helmet? Kind of, yeah. He doesn't really does, need it, but... I was going to say, does the fiery skeleton head need to breathe in space? <laughs> no, and he doesn't. But it looks kind of artistically kind of cool that he holds the flame in there. Yeah. But then he also goes normal, like Ghost Rider, where okay. he, he doesn't have it. Like, cool. he actually popped it back on at one point. Which I also was kind of like, I don't know if you need that, but it... No. It yeah. seems completely unnecessary. It makes him look like a light bulb, actually. <laughs> it <kinda laughs> does. Which would be a cool light bulb to have, Marvel. You should make Ghost Rider, Cosmic Ghost Rider light bulbs. I would buy them. We need one for the studio. <laughs> or uh, something that you could put over a campfire. <laughs> flame in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after having explained the complicatedness of who Cosmic Ghost Rider is to my nephew, um, he also wanted to know who small little purple thing was, and that is a baby Thanos. Aww. Because this book, oh, and also that starts off with them at a bar, um, because Cosmic Ghost Rider thinks that he can... He should be able to drink. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. This book, for as crazy as it was when they made the character within the Thanos books, it was, you know, one of those one-off stories in the future that you can kind of unwrite and everything. And he actually dies. However, because the character, it seemed like there was so much more to him, they obviously wanted to create a series, so he got resurrected. And since he had a fragment of the Time Stone anyways within that Thanos uh, story arc, he decided that he's going to go back in time to prevent baby Thanos from murdering Mm. by killing him. Oh. But he's having kind of a, one of those conscious, you know, Existential crises. Where he doesn't know if that's necessarily, you know, the thing... he doesn't know if he should kill a baby to right. prevent everything. Even a baby Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. And so he wants to get some advice from, I mean, and even baby Thanos is like kind of murder spree. And. Uh, Which is crazy because that's not how Thanos, what, like that's not how Thanos came to be. He wasn't like a murderous. Baby. Well, no. And, and when they had the Thanos uh, rising or origin story where death showed up to him as a kid because they retconned some, some of that shit. I normally don't like these things, these stories, because you kind of go, okay, wh- why? The- no, this is going to break continuity and everything. But then this seems like one of those stories of just read it to with not having to care about continuity. Shit's going to get weird and fucked up in, in how things turn out. So think of it in Elseworlds, even if it's going to mm-hmm. go into play with the normal uh, how things happen. Because the way that Frank Castle became the Cosmic Ghost Rider, that was in the main timeline stream of Thanos getting the gauntlet and everything. And 
we know after what I showed you last week with Infinity Wars uh, Prime, that can't quite happen. So is this going to be now a way that they can have a Thanos again, the same way they had a, a Dark Side baby? Oh yeah. Within DC. Why not? I'm thinking that's the way it's going to yeah. go, and I'm okay with that. But he talks to Galactus now. He's back in time, so Galactus hasn't even given him his power yet. Okay. So when and when he was at this world, he was he was like, "You talked about this world for some reason. I knew you're going to show up at this time because you wouldn't stop." Oh, sorry, something caught in my throat. Because you wouldn't stop talking about this, and I couldn't remember why you couldn't stop talking about this until you get Star Sharks. Star Sharks. <laughs> Again. So random, so awesome. These things start kind of space sharks. Well, yeah, but they're called. He calls them star sharks. Galactus does. I was calling them space sharks too. But regardless, this is why he was telling Frank the story. So Frank has all this knowledge of the future and of other things that Galactus has helped him. And he's trying to say, "Hey, you know me." And he's like, "I don't know who you are, and you know, but you have power cosmic. How did you get that? Well, time travel, yada yada." And he starts talking about wanting to, you know, have baby Thanos be killed. And then he's like, well, wait, maybe maybe I'll raise him to be better. That's when you get Sky Baby to show up, <laughs> as Thanos says, a.k.a. the Watcher. Watcher, yeah. And it is at that point. Hold on. Show me that panel. You... Oh, no, no, go back down. Is he got baby Thanos in like a front little baby carrying pouch? Basically? Yeah, with chains. That's yep. adorable. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. That's just fucking adorable. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, with what it is and how baby Thanos is kind of wanting to murder things and everything, I love that the Watcher shows up and Frank pretty much knows, oh, you show up at you know monumental dis you know decisions uh, and everything. And he goes, yes, and also sometimes when bad decisions happen too, you raising Thanos will set an imbalance in this world. And Frank's like, I thought you said you can't, you know, uh, interfere. He goes, I can't, but I also want to watch the stupidest decision ever. And I started thinking about it then. Yeah, Frank Castle, the Punisher. <laughs> raising Thanos. Yeah. yeah. To be a better killer? Yeah. That's where I see this book going. And <laughs> what, I, what I loved was, you know, I'm sick of uh, all of this. You know, I'm going to raise a kid myself, and both of you big-headed beeps can go beep yourself. And then Watcha goes, and there it is. <laughs> that is the decision. Uh, I, I'm very looking forward to where this book pans out. It is interesting, because we then also get a team of travelers. And a big duck. Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, also, looks like he has the... Um, Crystal of uh, Cedarock because yeah. he looks kind of like the Juggernaut, so I can only imagine it's Howard the Duck. That's Howard the Duck. Oh my with God, him. that would be amazing. There's Rocket with looks like he has some tree to him, so it looks oh. like he's a merge between Groot and Rocket. Um, cable. There's a cable, yes, but I mean, I didn't quite understand what he was. You know, there's a Miss Marvel. It looks like don't quite know who the team is. I just know that that looks like Jubilee. Yes, it does, but I'm imagining these are going to be some people that are uh, mashed together people. Right. Because one of the big things that uh, Marvel has coming out is these mashup worlds uh, that are going to be kind of coming into the uh, 
Infinity Wars. Uh, oh, you mean like Secret Wars? Well, no, it's like there is one where it's... Uh, where they mash up worlds? Yeah. So these people, like I know there's, a, I think it's an Iron Man Thor, and then there's a Captain America with Black Bolt, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Those were the two that I remember seeing. I think there was a third one. And these are going to be like not just one-offs. I mean, they are worlds, but they're also what-ifs. Marvel's doing some stupid, crazy stuff. Always. And I love it. Yeah, always. I'm loving it. But but killing baby Thanos, glad they decided not to do that. So you think this they're ever going to let that play out fully? Because you can see him raising baby Thanos, but do you think that'll ever play into long-term continuity where you get to see the effects of that in an adult no, Thanos? You can, no, I mean... Because I kind of want that to happen. I want to see what happens when... Adult Thanos yeah, learns to kill raised, better? Raised by Frank Castle. Like, what that... Can you imagine what that's like? Yeah, but I feel, though, that he would have, like, some emotional appeal to him, maybe, which Thanos really doesn't have emotions. I mean, it would would fundamentally change the way the character is as an adult. Right. All the small little ripple effects of from doing this or that. Who knows, though? I mean, I do. I'm definitely going to be reading this series uh, till it ends, and I hope it goes for a long time because already in the second issue i'm like this shit is hilarious and it has gotten real and i want to re-emphasize that he decided that he's he's not gonna kill baby thanos let's talk about mr miracle number 10 okay mr miracle uh has been by far one of my favorite dc books that i've recently read you, you reviewed one before where it was him and Big Barter, right? In like a medieval type scenario? Is that what it was? No, they were... Well, no, they're going back to war with Apocalypse. Like, I don't know where this happens within continuity of everything. Okay. And some of uh, people oh, yeah. think that this Apocalypse is kind of... is like a medieval type scenario. Yeah. Some, some, <laughs> I mean, they're at war, and yeah. some people are thinking that this might not be now. Like, this might be uh, honestly all in um, His mind. Scott's head to, yeah. like, get the... Um, anti-life equation um, mm-hmm. and everything and in the last issue Darkseid had said that he will stop all the war everything will be in peace and all things like he won't even attack uh, anything anymore if they give up their That's son right. yeah. so this is kind of the aftermath mm. and this is them also throwing their kid Jacob a birthday party uh, time-wise, it's been one year since the baby was born, so they've been fighting this war. Even when she was pregnant, still fighting the war. He's She's a badass. He's the the king, or not king, the um, ruler of New uh, Genesis. Hmm. And so you have some characters that aren't there that are normally in the story, so that's where it makes me feel like it's not necessarily going to be all is said and done. However, the story is so compelling that you are watching this man think about that because saving millions of people and people in the universe with the sacrifice of his son is one of those things where would you do it and i was starting to think of it like i was thinking of my nephew right (laughs) right, right, right. would i do that i'm like god man i would save so many people but i don't know if i could right but then you're condemning them and also they also know uh, prophesize there is no win- winning this war they're actually going to lose so that's another thing right. that comes up that would kind of make you say 
Yeah, is he really like a trustworthy? And it's not even sacrificing; person? it's just giving him up to Apocalypse well, they to were, raise. They were raised there, though, so they know. So what they it's know, all about. yeah. And that kind of gets into this story of when Barda is saying we were raised there, and he goes, "Yeah, and we turned out fine." And he and she goes, "We are not fine. Like we are the the worst, or not worst. We somehow made it." But Granny and everything, and here's him just like talking about maybe we should do it, and like just talking to her about the birthday party in the shower, and these simple nine panels that I'm always gonna t- I'm gonna definitely talk about number twelve when this uh, thing wraps up. But you just see the emotion from her talking about who they should invite to the wedding or not to the wedding to the birthday party, and him just sobbing, crying in the shower because he's thinking about this, and when he even brings it up again when they're. Uh, or when he's talking about uh, getting the birthday cake. These are real people in the way that Tom King is actually still a phenomenal writer, at least on this. <laughs> oh, poor Tom. I still haven't read I that. Know, I know. There's been two issues that I like out. that he's wearing a Flash shirt right Oh, there. he's been wearing, like, different DC stuff and all these. But it, it just, it's... I, that struggle, that that, what would you do? Yeah. And that is like not where I thought this book was going to begin with. Right. Um, and especially like when he's you know saying we just gotta at least think about it, and she's like fuck that, and it seemed like they were gonna break up, that they were done, but by the end, they are still together. She still loves him. Um, but what's the decision gonna be? And obviously he was talking about. Well, well, we'll pretend to give them, and then when, you know, Darkseid comes out, I will, you know, do this or that, and uh, she agreed to that plan. Okay. So they're obviously going to go back to Apocalypse, because they've been raising him while they've been running the armies and taking boom tubes, like, to and fro. Mm. And so they're they're raising a kid while... Just boom tubing back and forth. Yeah. To fight a war. Actually... Parenthood is rough. No, that's what they're like. We can't get any sleep with the baby, and then they're also working all the time, right. trying to make sure that Apocalypse doesn't, you know, overrun the the realms. There, uh, I did forget there was a, a funny thing. He was with uh, Ted Cord and uh, Blue Beetle, and they were getting drunk, and then he was talking about calling a a, a boom tube to pick him up. He'll be here in three minutes. They're like. Isn't that thing instantaneous? <laughs> like, <laughs> why does it take three minutes? Um, so yeah, uh, this book is just amazing. I, I there's so much the art, phenomenal. Like I, oh yeah, I love that style of art that they're using for it. I love it, and like the panels and everything. And where before they always had dark side is uh, throughout the entire. Thing. Now it's just kind of become like one panel, and it was at the end. Man, I am so under. Like, I want to know what this kid's superpowers are as well, because oh yeah, he's got to have superpowers. Yeah, right. It'd be weird if he didn't. That it would be. Uh, one other book that I really kind of want to talk about briefly: Justice League number five, but we probably shouldn't call it Justice League number five because we should call it the. Uh, Legion of Doom, because that's pretty much the book was following Lex huh. for the most part in his uh, becoming a bad guy again. 
and he became a bad guy because when he was on Teen uh, Entropy, he was realizing that it doesn't matter what you do in the world, superhero or not, the universe doesn't give a shit. No. Always back and forth with this guy. I know. And and that's when he started recruiting these people to... Uh, he's got Cheetah, Sinestro, Joker, uh, Groot. Uh, who else did he have? A couple other. There's seven of them. And there was like an unnamed seventh uh, person that... Curious as who that villain will be, but he was enticing them with uh, a few things, such as... Uh, there's a, a still force, which is the opposite of the, the speed, force. speed force. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess that's been touched on before, but I've never really heard it before. Um, there is the new invisible spectrum. Okay. Um, ultraviolet light that is the most powerful, and that came from when the force wall was broken um, from the previous uh, dark metal Batman shenanigans and mm-hmm. everything. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got Sinestro following him there. Uh, the book in of itself had some time travel because Lex... Oh, so you loved it. Oh, yeah, of course. Lex (laughs) goes into the future and he then, uh, sees a future where people are worshipping him. Mm. This is like millions of years in the future. I love what he was saying, too, that one of his, uh, R&D people was talking about how they could go like a couple hundred years in the future, but not too far. I knew it could happen, so I fired him and I tinkered around and I made it happen. <laughs> Usual uh, Lex fashion. Sure. Now, when he went there, he found that, you know, they worship him and they're like, oh my gosh, he's from. Well, we can't tell you too much of things, but uh, we can show you the symbol, which looked like, you know, their uh, secret lair, the like helmet, skull looking thing. Yeah. And that, that was the symbol. Castle Grayskull? It's not Castle Grayskull. It's a, <laughs> a dome, a silver dome that uh, comes down. But uh, he was talking about uh, that he realized, oh, that's what I, I need to, uh, you know, to find in the past. And so I also love that in this future there is a Joker-like looking person, like throughout the, the span of... Oh, yeah. Of time, there's always going to be... Always a Joker. Yeah. You always need that chaos. And what I loved is that they said, yeah, we we found an old manuscript of yours, and instead of being heroes, we just decided, why not conquer the universe? So he's realizing even more and more from the future that why be a good guy when you don't need to be? Uh, Oh, Max... There's more to his plan than even just some of these uh, things that have been uh, going on, but that he is now tapping into his genius bad side. I'm kind of okay with it now. At first, I was super pissed off. I'm like, I like when Lex is a dick hero. Right. I mean, but now it's like, all right, I, I'm I'm down with with him. Fucking up Superman's world yeah. and everyone else in the I DC just universe. Wish, I just wish that's see. This is this is my problem with the whole Lex thing. Is when he goes good, you know he's gonna go back to not being good. Like there's never a there's never a oh he's good now forever. Like that's never gonna happen. They, DC is never gonna let that happen. So it kind of takes away from him being good at all. I think. 
Because he'll always end up being bad. He's a bad boy. He's power hungry. Heroes aren't power hungry. Yeah, that's true. Now, I will say this. What I love about this this invisible emotional spectrum, um, it kind of reveals people's true selves. And since Sinestro has it, everyone in the universe is susceptible to it. Okay. It's like almost like it's an invisible ring on their hands too, and pretty much he has taken over the entire planet and turned them into his new core. Oh. What that has to do? There's, terrifying. Well, they're talking about there is a entity like all the the power rings have some sort of entity that embodies their power, whether it's fear, will, rage, or whatever. Sure. So this one has one that is supposed to come and destroy the universe. So, oh, see, it's the phoenix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming from the outside of the wall. Uh, yeah, that I, I thought it was just a pretty amazing. Um, that was a big part of it, as along with uh, Groot having the turtles scion, the turtle being a one of the Flash's first uh, bad guys who really slow him down, and that's what this baby has the still force that i'm trying to figure out more of what does the still force mean hmm. i mean it's it boggles my mind sometimes hearing the everything that the speed force can do because right. it's magic i mean you don't break your arm when you punch things super fast because speed force right you don't it's like just a, it's just die a, from heat running really fast yeah. because speed force yeah it's just a tool you know it's a tool yeah uh still force makes people still well yeah that's technically what it yeah. kind of did it which is literally only effective against the flash or i guess superman too he goes pretty fast yeah, it could, i mean it could if it could make temper people just freeze where they are right. if a superhero was flying they just crash down and then kill themselves hmm. i mean it, it doesn't have as i feel as many uh, cool powers that you could no. be in the Flash, where he can go through time and right. universes and everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could just stop time and exist in time by yourself. What fun is that? But I like that Groot is, uh, has it and uh, to kind of tie all the, the stories together, he too has the little baby turtle prodigy nope. in a little knapsack in front of him as they well. They got baby fever! <laughs> oh, I was also going to talk about another time travel book, but I was going to like try to really do a these all blend together for some reason. However, I'm going to talk about some news. Okay. And speaking of Justice League, Scott Snyder is going to be writing the next 50 issues. He has 50 issues story arc planned. I like you, Scott, and I like that you tell us this. Just don't plan any fucking weddings, and I'll be happy. He didn't write the wedding for Batman. I know he didn't, so that's <laughs> why I'm going to continue reading I Justice still League now. I defend that wedding. I think it went the way it was supposed to. <laughs> like I said, though, if that they shouldn't have hyped it. They could have just been uh, people reading this, and and then if and one ha- 100, it finally happens. Awesome, cool! Yeah. It finally happened. But then the next writer will be like, "And I'm annulling that." Yeah, that's that's right. That's fair. 
But I do think, though, that they should have Batman. I'm never going to be not upset about that. <laughs> All right. I guess that's a curse you have to live with. <laughs> that it is. Scott Snyder's a great writer. I'm sure he'll do great things with the Justice League that I will never read because I don't read the Justice League. <laughs> there was some, uh, oh yeah, there's some time, sh uh, that was time travel shenanigans in Infinity War number one. But, uh, oh. it's that too. There's another big death in that I too. I mean, seriously though, like. You should, get, you should get in on some of these events. They're the actually time, pretty good. The whole time travel thing is getting a little worn thin, I think. Don't you think? I think that's just a real easy thing for them to do to make the story slightly more interesting. Every couple years, yes, it happens. There's a lot of time travel going on right now. That is true. Uh, as I talked about last week with uh, Terminator... Terminator 6, I guess, is the official number for it. Yeah. However, uh, there's some shots of Linda Hamilton um, coming back, and there's two younger females that have been showing up in the next to her in the photos from the set. Now, many people are speculating that these are going to be the newcomers to hand over the franchise to, and I love that they still have, you know, a powerful woman backing as kind of the hero person. Uh, I have no clue a lot of, of what this movie is going to entail, and I'm trying to keep it that way. This is one of those movies that I, I look forward to that I'm not going to have spoiled to me, so I'm not really going to watch the trailers, but yeah. then there's a movie that I really don't care so much about that had a third trailer come out this week. Yes, the Venom, which you are not excited about. The more I watch the trailers, I'm actually pretty excited about watching. And I have determined that my biggest problem with Venom is not this movie, it's that anytime you try to do... Like, Venom just it, it's it's a ridiculous character i mean we just all need to accept the fact that this character is completely ridiculous and putting it on screen is never gonna look good ever so if we want a venom movie we just have to deal with the fact that it's gonna look completely ridiculous every time you put it on screen i don't think there's a good like super good way to do uh, the this. voice just does not sound great you're not a fan of the Tom Hardy voice, though. In uh, yeah, him speaking in speaking roles, I don't think work out so great. Yeah, that's why Mad Max was uh, pretty awesome, Bane, right? But, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I didn't talk so much with that piece over my mouth. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't know how you felt about this trailer in terms of whether it makes you slightly more excited or slightly less excited. But I thought that it looked pretty good. And I, the only thing that offends my eyes in the entire thing is the fact that Venom is just so very shiny in the in the trailer. Oh, in the movie, obviously. Well, I saw, uh, you know, Todd McFarlane had made Venom. I had saw something where he took a still shot of, you know, the one still shot that most people have posted of just him looking straight, some kind of smiling. Yeah. And he goes... You know, it's not too bad. You know, I make the eyes a little bit bigger. I think the shoulders here make the bigger shoulders, which also I think, too, he has too scrawny of a upper torso. Build. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, and the jaw, it, it's too wide. It should be kind of more narrow out. So he, like, was drawing over the screenshot. Mm -hmm. and it, There wasn't a big difference. So he's like, you know, so I kind of liked it. But I also think he's kind of 
panhandling it, not pan pandering. Yeah, pandering, not panhandling. Pan he's panhand. Todd McFarlane panhandling. Pan you heard it first on Drug on Comics. <laughs> pandering to you know Marvel and everything of that. I I want to make a bet right now. I don't think that it gets above fifty five percent Rotten Tomato. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Oh. I don't think that it's generally going to be very well accepted. Okay. So, which is what a Rotten Tomato score would be. Um, I mean, I'll still see it. Cause yeah. It, I mean, this is going to be no Justice League, so I'll still see it. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. I'm very excited to see, because, you know, this is supposed to be the was Secret Agent Venom or whatever the hell that series was that it's based off of, and it, they have all those... That symbiote cabal that the guy from symbiote 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 symbiote. No, that's a symbiote, but they say symbiote, <laughs> and that also um, is irritating as shit. That the Life Corporation makes like this five or six different scream and all those different ones. So it'll be interesting to see what those ones look like. That's kind of what I'm waiting for. I want to see what all of those look like. Well, it's. <laughs> It's not going to make a billion dollars, that's for sure. New, no. Credible 2 has However. just made a billion dollars. Uh, they crossed that uh, just last week with um, $574 million in North America and then Damn. 430 overseas. It's pretty impressive for an animated sequel. That was like 17 years, yeah. I believe, in the I making. haven't seen it yet, though, have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. It was... Not the same thing. Actually, it wasn't the same thing, which most sequels usually are. Right. It there was still some superhero tropes that they kind of hit on, but it was it was a bit refreshing. Uh, especially Mister Incredible having to be the stay at home dad, and that was kind of flipping the script a bit. And right, I liked it. I definitely want to. Uh, we'll see a second uh, viewing, but this once again. Shows Disney uh, is going to be raking in the money. Disney makes a lot of good decisions. They make some bad ones, but because uh, also what happened this week is Black Panther has now been only the third film to ever cross seven hundred million domestic box office without inflation. Do you know the other two? Um, one of them is a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Is it the the Force Awakens? Yep. The other one is the first Avengers movie. Nope. Second Avengers movie. Nope. I mean, those made a billion dollars, but to cross the seven hundred million domestically was Avatar. Oh, fuck yeah! Now, uh, now Force Awakens uh, made nine hundred thirty-six uh, million right. uh, states or North North America. So that kind of yeah, also right. Canada, and then. Uh, Avatar was $760 million. Now, the thing also to be known with this is that Dis I mean, uh, Infinity War could have had they kept it in theaters longer. It oh, just came released in, yeah, on home DVD. Uh, that made $677 million domestically. It very well could have. What they did with Black Panther, though, and because they have so many other movies in theaters, they can't have it released so long. Instead of having... Black Panther have a re-release or, you know, another specialty thing. They just kept it in the theaters a little bit longer. Right. Which allowed it to 
grow organically like that where most all these other ones have I mean Avatar's had a couple no that was I think organically too that another... was in the theaters for like a year straight yeah <laughs> that movie really was and that's because the novelty of that movie right being one of the very first real 3D movies I mean the story is fucking old as shit they've done 800 versions of that movie the yeah. fact that it was the first real 3D movie plus the fact that those tickets are way more expensive <laughs> I think is no, that, yeah, a little that bit of a boost too. but like I said uh, so that is cool with uh, Black Panther good for them Black and Panther was a great fucking movie. Yep. That's even, that's already on home box office too, but yeah, you can still see that. Mm-hmm. You can see a couple movies at our cheap theater too, which yeah. I don't know why you would really do that. Like, you just go buy it. I don't, well, there's the movie like theater the, experience. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't want to buy it, but you just want to go see it, or if you haven't seen it yet and you want to go see it in the theater, I guess. Yeah, there's a. Uh, Quite a bit uh, on the extra DVDs for Infinity War. Nothing so much that spoils the next movie. Just waiting for Tom Holland to say something. <laughs> I mean, he's filming the new Spider-Man movie right now. Yeah. Obviously, the next Avengers movie's already been filmed, so just for him to say, wait, but I can't do this because I'm dead in this, or come back to Whatever. Uh, however... Uh, the Russo brothers have been talking a little bit more uh, this week since the, you know, DVD uh, home box office of the, not home box office, home video of Infinity War. Yeah, just and, streaming, basically, because no one buys DVDs anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they've been kind of doing some question and answers, and something that people have asked was why did it take Spider-Man so long to disappear? Like, everyone else just kind of turned to dust right away and Spider-Man kind of had a a long kind of pause and was able to say something and what they'd said and it's something I'd kind of just kind of guessed and this just whether they truly had it in writing or not they were talking about Tom Holland had you know when he was trying to get the line he was supposed to say um you know I you know I don't or he said I don't want to go but they said you know you don't want to go he's supposed to say I don't feel so good and then just disappear but they had instructed him, you know, you, you're really not wanting to go. That's what you got to have emotionally in you. So he also not only then repeated, I don't want to go, but also it was because him having the spider sense kind of led him to kind of know ahead of time that something was going on. Right. And so he was taking his spider strength and trying to stay there. Take it for what it is, you know. I mean, if that's the case, if... He is so strong mentally because of that, that he can fight off that for even just a couple seconds. It just shows how strong of a character Spider-Man is. Yeah. I mean, or writing. Yeah. (laughs) It was probably the more real reason. And then one other big tidbit that they had also said was someone asked about, can the Red Skull, is he free now that he's not, you know, watching one of the stones? And they're like, yep. Uh, he can actually leave and uh, only makes ser- sense. Search for a stone himself if he wants one still. And well, I can. I don't I see mean, him showing up necessarily in the next movie, but he, if, he knows where all the stones are at. He's got to know that. But if he wants to come to now a time um, to be Captain America's bad guy, not during the war, awesome. I can see him remaking Hydra. Yeah. He could be, be a, a good MCU villain. Yeah. He was good in the first 
Captain America movie. Second? First. First. <laughs> There's so, so many movies so I don't ago. know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, uh... I can tell you the one thing I heard this week that I'm very excited about. Um, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Like, overall. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie. I'm definitely more on the Star Wars side of that debate than I am on the Star Trek side of that debate. However, fucking Next Generation, that shit was the bomb, and I would rewatch that over and over and over again. And the best part of that show is Patrick Stewart, Mm. Mr. Jean-Luc Picard, and they announced this week that they're doing a new Star Trek show with Jean-Luc Picard starring Patrick Stewart. And I'm like, oh my god, all my dreams are coming true. I am very interested in what, how, what, what they haven't announced any details yet other than it's going to be available the same way the current Star Trek is which is through CBS and uh, their streaming service which is stupid CBS you suck very hard yeah because I haven't watched the new one at I don't want to pay that. for that shit I don't want this is literally the only thing I want to watch on CBS <laughs> is Star Trek that's it um, so I'll wait till it hits Netflix or something um, but, but I might for fucking Jean-Luc Picard the, the next generation was my Star Trek. That's the one that I yeah. I loved, and that and Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I stopped after Next Generation. That was just it. Nothing. So you started and stopped at the yep. same one. Yep. <laughs> didn't didn't move forward or backwards after <laughs> that. So I yeah I don't know whether it's going to be. I mean, it would be weird if it was pre Next Generation because it's still starring Patrick Stewart and he's aged. I mean, he looks almost exactly the same because he's looked old for a very long time. He it doesn't he doesn't look any older, but it's not like he looks younger unless they just yeah. spend a shit ton of money de aging him for the I whole show. I think he's a robot. <laughs> he might be. Maybe he actually is Professor Xavier. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's just making us all think he looks the same. <laughs> but he's I, really in a wheelchair every time he's around. <laughs> So, I don't, I mean, I don't, it's got to be after Next Generation. I don't know if maybe he'll be, like, an admiral now or something like that. But, uh, I mean, but, yeah, I don't care. Like, he could be a homeless on the street and that they just follow him around shitting in alleys and I'd probably still totally watch it. He's so. going to be in search of alien life forms. Mm. Or possibly alien life forms coming to your TV soon with the return of Elf. Oh, your segues. I know. <laughs> this was something I saw earlier in the week, and it got me happy. I was such hey, a huge Elf fan. You're happy about this? I love Elf. I love Elf, too. I even love the cartoon show that they had when it was him on Melmac, which was the weirdest type of cartoon ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elf was... Uh, uh, here's the thing, and actually I was thinking about this. I actually enjoy most anything with a puppet. Sure. I love, you know, Jim Henson stuff, and even though this isn't Jim Henson creation, Elf is a puppet, yeah. and so any good puppet-type interactions with people, I always love. Now, I've been hearing some some CGI words oh, being thrown around, no, which will totally kill it, yeah. but then again, Warner Brothers is the one that uh, has this now, so mm. I can only imagine them fucking it up. Yeah. All you need to do is have an alien that loves tea cats. It's so much cheaper to do a fucking puppet. Why would they waste money on a CGI? Nobody wants that. 
Yeah, I, no one wants to see his feet walk. Like, you don't need to do that. No. I don't, unless they're going to be doing some, like, they're going to be on location at places, but this was a sitcom. They had a few sets that they were at. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I'm also just uh, mm. a little weary of it. It's been 28 years. Do you remember when Pizza Hut used to? Well, you remember at Pizza Hut when you used to get stuff with your pizza, yeah. and they had those hand put those Alpan puppets with I the different little yeah. T-shirts on. Oh, Pizza Hut! Whatever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> half of my glassware came from you. <laughs> the other so, half from Burger King. The one other thing that I am super looking forward to is Transformers the movie. Not Michael Bay Transformers movies, but Transformers the movie. The came, animated movie. Yes, but that's what it's called. Yes. The movie. Yes. Uh, which came out back in 1986. It was something that even when I was a kid, because I was like three then, uh, and even though I loved Transformers at that young age, I didn't even realize there was this Transformers movie until I was, I think maybe 12 or so, hmm. uh, at, when I was at a buddy's house, and I was like, what's this Transformers movie? Now I love it. Um, I had my nephew watch it, and... The world is great. Well, it's coming to uh, about 500 theaters uh, out this uh, September, September 27th, and one night only. Yeah, it's it's been HD remastered, which is a lot better than the shitty copy that I have here. And you know what? I love this movie, and I will probably go see it, especially if it's dig- digitally remastered. However, I will also say that there's the comic books have blown my love of the old school. Oh, really? Without the wa- water, yeah. The new storylines. Do you I think your said. experience is going to be different now, or will you still have that nostalgic love for it? Well, I mean, I, I kind of have half the movie by heart. I mean, the soundtrack's fucking rocking and amazing, so I'll be jamming out. In 80s cartoons knew what was up when it came to soundtracks. What? That and, like, if I could find a Gem and a Hologram soundtrack... That would be... Why don't they re-release some of this stuff? You know... (laughs) Don't rewatch Gem and the Holograms. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, find the soundtrack, that's fine. Don't rewatch those shows. They don't hold up. (laughs) At all. (laughs) There are a lot of shows that don't hold up, but... uh, You know what? Has show... Hold up? Held up? Held. Hold up? Hold it up? Yes. (laughs) What's that? Voltron, the new Voltron series that they have on Netflix. And although I've talked about it immensely about the show, something just came out this week that has put all of my childhood into one creation. Mm-hmm. And that is the Voltron Lego set. Yeah. We all know how Tony spent his weekend. I have... Well, it's not his Sunday. No, I actually did that right before going camping. Did you? Yeah. Of course. Why would you let it wait? I didn't pack until the morning of camping. <laughs> About eight and eight to nine hours. This thing had different booklets for each line. It had twenty back. No, not twenty. He's like single, 16 different... <laughs> You saw that? Was that not amazing? Super, it is super cool. And the fucking thing can transform into Voltron from the lions. Like this is an engineering masterpiece. And when I was putting it together, I'm like, why is this piece going here? And this just seems weird. But then when things snap together to form Voltron, I'm like, oh, that's why that was there. And that's a random connect. 
who would have thought to put that as the connector there? And right. let's have this lion's foot, you know, you can kind of take the base of the toy, which was kind of blocks that, you know, just pivoted at certain points. But the way they did it with the Legos to get the authentic creation and the look of them, mm -hmm. as well as how to have the Legos, you know, stand on. There's like some gears for the arms to make sure that they don't just like flop down at its side. And I'm like, damn, like that's some precision in there. I'm so happy. I honestly could just end the podcast and never do another <laughs> podcast because there's nothing else that will be as good as this. So they come out with a Power Rangers version of I, this. I was thinking that too. I was actually <laughs> thinking in my head, how would they do that? Because that, that has a few more, but they easily could. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is pivoting around. And there are some online that you can, creations, not as detailed as this though. Right. Now, they came with a booklet too that explained Voltron and, and some of the things. and. That's funny to me because why would you get that if you didn't know who Voltron was? You see a giant but robot. People are like, obsessed with Legos, too, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I also <laughs> got uh, Tron, uh, the the cycles, the light cycles. Oh, you got those, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say something else besides laughing? Nope. <laughs> Keeping you are going to question, Keeping question that, that? Keeping that one inside. <laughs> so, yes, that was my during the weekend. Yeah, I, so... If you guys haven't uh, checked it out yet on our Facebook page, you can actually see Tony's pictures of his Voltron Lego masterpiece. Um, when he posted those today, I knew exactly what we were going to talk about for at least a little bit of this podcast. But it is super cool if you and you can you can check it out on our Facebook page. So I love it. I want to go play with it. Yeah, so we have to finish the podcast first. Oh, damn it! <laughs> All right, booze in a book. Who's in a book this week is Walking Dead 182. I'm just going to quick pair it quickly and then just be like, oh, and we're done. No, uh, <laughs> Walking Dead has been great uh, ever since uh, coming into the fold of the Commonwealth, which there has not been a lot of uh, not opposed, really opposing forces, but I mean, there's been a couple zombie attacks here and there. This one in of itself was really calm, and I was looking for kind of you know, beer, but then I remember you were down in Virginia and from Commonwealth Brewery, uh, you brought back some beers and one of which is the Orange, which is a, uh, the Sasan, uh, multi-orange uh, Sasan, kind of fruity. Mm -hmm. um, it is 7.5 uh, Yes, they know how to do it in Virginia <laughs> <laughs> well, Most fruit ales uh, are like that but uh, mainly to tie in with the Commonwealth now in this uh, let's say this episode in this uh, issue uh, you had Rick kind of showing the Oh, he's still alive in the comic books? Of course he's oh, alive yeah. he's, go he's going to be alive oh, okay. <laughs> um, Showing off the, to the mayor the Many different uh, cities and to towns. To be clear, that they have. this is. Oh no, I'm thinking of the governor. I was say this is not the same guy that died earlier. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's a woman that's yeah, okay. in charge. All right, good. For uh, her. There's definitely tension, and there's definitely what seems to be something brewing. I am hoping that even though that there are these uh, very opposing thoughts on how the communities go, that 
it's going to be a 180 from nowhere and Kirkman's going to just have someone else come in to break the status quo because if they just go to war, they are distances apart. So I have a feeling that, that it just wouldn't make sense in book-wise. But if they actually started rebuilding a world and then you had an annexed area that they could kind of there would be troubles along the the long forgotten road between them that could be cool uh but i don't know where it's going because this book was really hmm. calm for the most part so Chill. i, I kind of it was different yeah although i don't normally like that i was kind of like oh come on you know make tension tension rising yeah it was good yeah good uh and with that uh do you have anything else lens no not this week. All right. Stay thirsty playing with your Legos, friends.